You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. You know, I hear the camera adds 10 pounds. Looks like you've eaten five cameras. This is The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. We turn on the 2019 draft spotlight, and my guest today uh, comes from, uh, well, pretty much right in my backyard here as uh, we go to the Sherwood Park Crusaders and uh, rookie netminder Carter Guylander is my guest. Uh, Carter, welcome to The Pipeline Show. How are you? I'm doing well, Guy. Thanks for having me. Uh, my pleasure to get a chance to speak with you today, and I wonder uh, how things are going for you right now. I, I, get, I get the sense there's might be a bit of a whirlwind here this season for you, and uh, how things have kind of picked up uh, over the course of the season. Now you got all the scouting attention going. How you feeling about the year? Uh, it's it's uh, it's been a it's been really good with all the learning experiences and uh, got a lot of exposure this year. And uh, the, the team's been unbelievable this year. It's one of the best that they've had in the franchise history. Of, 40 years so that's been a lot of fun uh the guys in the locker room we all get along with each other and it's always a blast coming to the rink every day so it's a really good experience for my rookie season playing junior a well let's talk about the team for a minute because when i look at uh, the the crusaders and you talk about how it's one of the best teams in the last 40 years i get the sense there's a lot of young guys leading this team as well and that's got to be pretty exciting yeah, it's uh, we bring a lot of energy with our young guys, with Savoy, Benny, and all of our rookies. Everybody's contributing immensely with the team, and uh, it feels like everybody's pretty much a leader and can provide no matter what. So uh, having that accountability with everybody sure comes a long way in those tough games. All right, well, let's uh, talk about how you came to the uh, the Crusaders uh, yourself. I know you played a couple of games with them last year, and I wonder how important those two games were for you uh, just getting set for this season. Yeah, last year I affiliated with them and came up with a lot of practices. So I got a little bit of a taste last year of what Junior A hockey is all about. So having that early experience was uh, nice for sure. Yeah. And then uh, now that you're here, I, you get a, a tiny bit of a head start to this season, I feel like. Yeah. Now, you're also splitting time. I know you have a veteran goaltender uh, there as well. What's the relationship uh, like between goalies when you're both competing for that uh, the, the starting job uh, every night? Uh, you're obviously not going to get the tap on the shoulder every night, but um, that healthy competition is a good thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, Matt Berlin and I, we've, we have an unbelievable relationship. It's uh, I pick up little things from him and uh, during our goalie sessions or just practice, picking up on his habits that he was. He's a very determined goaltender and uh, very fortunate to have him as a teammate. And uh, like I said, those little things, I've learned a lot from him. And uh, we're both very supportive of each other and wanting to push each other to get better. So that only helps us, both of us, at the end of the day. So that's always good. Uh, no kidding, uh, for sure. The uh, busy schedule for the Crusaders this weekend, three games in four days, a uh, holiday Monday here in Alberta. We'll get to that. In a little bit, uh, Carter Guylander is my guest in the 2019 draft spotlight, and we sh- we'll touch on the draft a little bit as well as we go. But I think for a lot of people, this is where we get to know somebody that's in your shoes that's uh, a draft-eligible player, and my audience is across North America, so there'll be people on the East Coast that have never heard of you before. So let's get a, a bit of background uh, for those uh, for the benefit of those people. Uh, where are you from? I'm from uh, Beaumont, Alberta, which is about 10 minutes south of Edmonton. And do you remember how old you were when you first started playing hockey? Uh, I was novice second year. It was when I first started playing hockey. I actually started out playing Renette with my sisters and <laughs> having uh, two older sisters on two different Renette teams and my parents both working. It was really tough for them to uh, try to get three different uh, minor hockey teams all in the same schedule. So I actually joined 
uh, playing Renette with my sister. And uh, that's how I became a goalie. One of a, uh, one game, uh, my coach said that we needed a goalie and cause we didn't have a actual goalie at that young of an age. So I volunteered to strap on the pads and uh, I had a blast in the net. And ever since then, I haven't been a player since. So novice second year is when I made the transition to hockey and I've been a goalie ever since. Well, and so you, your actual, your first few games of being a goaltender were actually playing ringette. Yep. Absolutely. How big of a difference is it? Cause I know the, the equipment's slightly different. I know you have a blocker, but you don't have the same sort of uh traditional glove, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it took a little bit of time getting used to it, but uh, at that young an age, I didn't develop a lot of skills with uh, goaltending. I just liked it, stopping the puck or ring. Yeah, uh, it's a fun feeling, and then uh, taking away goals from players. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a feeling that I liked more than scoring goals. So <laughs> that's kind of why it stuck with me. Well, I wonder at that young age. Uh, for, I mean, for a hockey player, a lot of kids that age aren't getting the puck off the ice anyway. Uh, could they do it with a ring? Could it, I mean, were they picking the top corner with a ring at that young age? Yeah, it's with ringette, they're able to flick it up there. So uh, it was a little bit different than hockey, I think, in the sense of the types of shots. Yeah. And uh, But with ringette, I uh, developed a lot of skating skills. And uh, I actually enjoyed playing player a lot, too. I, was, I never really thought I was going to be a goalie or ever – saw myself being a goalie but uh evidently that's different now <laughs> well that's interesting i i gotta tell you in the this is the 14th year i've been doing the show and i guarantee you're the first player that i've talked to who uh told me that they they their first experience on ice was actually going from ringette to hockey so uh you're a pioneer in that sense uh, carter <laughs> uh, now as a goaltender growing up uh i mean you, you stuck with it as a hockey player as well uh in net uh, and I've talked to a lot of goaltenders who said early on it was, you know, getting to wear the equipment and the, the mask and the pads and, and the sense that you're playing a team sport, but you're an individual on that team. You're the only goalie. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there something to it like that for you, too? Uh, yeah. And uh, like you said, with the equipment, uh, that's one thing that uh, kind of attracted the decision to become a goalie. My first ever uh, hockey mask was uh, this mean burger helmet I had. It was... Uh, <laughs> a burger with two mean eyes on it. And uh, I love that. And the aspect that you got to be different than other players with the type of equipment that you wear and you can uh, design it yourself too. That's uh, I always found that uh, to be very unique and appealing to me. Who came up with the mean burger design? Uh, my dad and I found it online. And uh, as soon as I saw it, I told him that that's the one I want. So uh, he kind of surprised me with it when it came in the mail and then I put it on. And that night, I don't think I even took it off when I went to bed. That's funny. You still have it? No, unfortunately I don't, but uh, I think I'll be keeping on to some other memorable uh, piece of equipment. Nice. Now, I, I've seen your, the mask you're wearing these days. It, I mean, black and green and white stripes. No burger, no mean burger. Yeah, no mean burger this year, but uh, I don't know. Maybe in the near future I'll try to get a custom burger helmet. <laughs> we'll see. Carter Guylander, my guest here uh, on the Pipeline Show. He's a goaltender with the Sherwood Park Crusaders. Uh, now, uh, I know uh, I saw you earlier this year in camp with the Edmonton Oil Kings. I'm part of the radio broadcast team for the Oil Kings, so I saw you in, in their camp. Uh, what was that experience like for you, and, and how did that sort of kickstart you uh, at this level, at the Alberta Junior Hockey League level for this season? Yeah, that was uh, it was a good experience. Uh, at the rookie camp, I uh, thought I played well enough to get the main camp invite, and, uh, which I did. And that level of hockey as a 16-year-old playing against uh, guys who are 
well over a point per game like uh, uh, Trey Fexelanski. There, uh, this it was a big eye opener to uh, all the talent that junior hockey has to offer and mm-hmm. how much uh, work that you got to put in to be able to not only make that junior hockey transition but also to compete at a high level as well. So that experience, uh, I always see that as a positive, and now I think that's helped me to where I become right now. Now, I ask a lot of guys, what, especially WHL guys, what the Bantam draft day experience was like for them because most of the guys that I talked to went through the draft and were chosen. Mm-hmm. Not the case for you. So what was the Bantam draft like for you and just not being taken? Was it a surprise you weren't taken? Were you frustrated and disappointed, or did you expect to be taken? Uh, no, I, I never really expected to be taken in the draft. Uh, I had thought to myself, yeah, it would be nice to get drafted, but uh, there's a lot of guys in that league and – even the NHL who uh, went undrafted and it was just a matter of time before they actually made that league. So I wasn't really disappointed when uh, I wasn't selected for the Bantam draft. And if anything, I think that helped me uh, motivate a little bit for uh, Mm. working harder to try to prove them wrong that uh, I do have what it takes to make that level. So I think there's always a positive either if you do get drafted but it's not the be-all, end-all if you don't get drafted. Well, that's the right attitude to have for sure. There's a long list of players who didn't get taken in the uh, WHL Bantam draft to win on to have success, at, even at that level or at the next level and uh, playing professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, right. All right. Uh, now, as a goaltender, I mean, all, most goaltenders these days, pretty much all goaltenders are, are butterfly goalies to, to some degree. What separates you? What's unique about the way you play? I think I uh, don't take advantage of my size. I being six foot five, uh, I have uh, a large frame that's able to take up a larger portion of the net. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't want to let that be a deficit to my game where I'm not getting to the top of my crease when I should be. Mm. So uh, being able to get to the top of my crease with my size, I feel like uh, I have a large advantage when shooters come in and they have a clear shot at me. I feel pretty confident in my ability. And my ability with my size, uh, I feel like I have a pretty good shot at making those saves when uh, it's just me versus the shooter. Carter Guylander, my guest uh, from the Sherwood Park Crusaders in the 2019 draft spotlight. Now, a lot of attention. Obviously, we talked about the draft a little bit, the NHL draft, though, coming up for you. And uh, I don't know where that was on your radar at the start of the season or where you were on the scouts' radar at the start of the, start of the year. But uh, 12th now in NHL Central Scouting among North American goaltenders. That's got to be pretty flattering, isn't it? Yeah, when I found the news out, uh, I obviously was pretty excited. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like the Bantam draft. It's it's nice to be ranked and all, and especially being at number 12. But it, it's not the end-all, be-all. And either way, you have to work just as hard to either get on that rankings, move up on that rankings, mm-hmm. or just prove that that's why you're there. So the workload, I feel like, is pretty much just begins at that point where uh, – even when the draft comes, if uh, you get your name called or not, you've got to be able to work hard to prove them that you should be part of their organization. But if not, then you've got to prove them why uh, you can be a part of that organization being a prospect. Now, the, I mentioned the Edmonton Oil Kings uh, hold your rights. As far as I know, that's still the case. But you have uh, made a, a commitment to uh, Colgate to join the Raiders uh, and play NCAA hockey. Was that a uh, an easy decision? Uh, was Is one kind of a, a backup plan in case the other doesn't work out? Uh, how do you view where the next step is for you? Uh, yeah, it's uh, I left the decision uh, open. I had 50-50 splits uh, up until the beginning of last season. And uh, 
I found that the NCAA route was a little bit more appealing to me uh, as the season went on. And then I uh, pretty much committed to try to receive a scholarship to NCAA last year. Mm -hmm. And then I told the Crusaders that uh, that was my, that's where my mindset was at. And then uh, evidently I did receive a scholarship from uh, Colgate, which was uh, pretty much my, the perfect plan. And uh, I I really couldn't be happy enough uh, committing to Colgate, the excellent school, excellent uh, programs and, they have a history of developing some pretty good goaltenders, like such as Colton Point last year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I found that uh, just the aspect of allowing goaltenders to develop after they play junior hockey with uh, NCAA was, uh, I think, it's very huge. And uh, if you look at the rookie goaltenders of the NHL now, they're not starting until they're 24, 25, 26, except for uh, Carter Hart, but <laughs> that's uh, that doesn't come around very often. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, and, and I'm glad you brought up Colton Point because I was going to ask if, if a guy like that was an example where you're considering, you know, different aspects or different schools and you see a guy like that, another Canadian, uh, played junior hockey in Canada, junior A hockey in Canada, and that was a program that he found appealing with. And since you mentioned him, I have to assume, uh, that was, uh, an example that you could follow. I don't know if you've actually spoken with Colton Point or anything like that, but, uh, did he kind of, use him as a, a bit of a role model in just in, in the decision-making process of which school to go. Yeah, absolutely. When uh, he was uh, at the World Juniors a couple of years ago with uh, Carter Hart, uh, I found that it was uh, interesting that there was a goalie from the NCAA or for playing for Team Canada. And normally it's pretty much just two yeah. major junior guys out there. So the fact that uh, anybody, even an NCAA, can play at the World Juniors and represent uh, their country was shows that both options are great options for any uh, hockey player that's yep. uh, trying to decide. So, uh, And then the fact that he went to Colgate uh, pretty much opened my eyes to them a little bit. So uh, that kind of got the kickstart to uh, my decision on committing with them. Now, I wonder, were there other schools that were in the mix and, and showing interest in you, or was uh, Colgate the first one and, and the one you committed to right away? Uh, Colgate was the first uh, school to offer officially so uh right and uh they're offered to a school of that caliber and they have a brand new rink and beautiful facilities is pretty much a no-brainer that i couldn't pass up on that and uh so i decided to commit to them uh relatively quickly and uh like i said i haven't been i couldn't be more happy committing to a school like them well, exciting for sure. Uh, Carter Guylander, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. Now, I mentioned a busy weekend for you and the crew. Uh, you got games in Canmore and Calgary, and then you're back home on uh, holiday Monday against the Camrose Kodiaks. Uh, do you know which games and how far are games, uh, or, or how, how many days out do you know which games you are going to play and which ones uh, Matt gets to play? Um, it's pretty situational. It uh, depends on how the games go the weekend before or the game before. And, uh, but typically, you know, about two to three days before the game, but, uh, it could be the night of, or the night before, sorry. Right. Uh, before the coaches make the decision. So being able to adapt when, uh, you have to flick the switch and get ready for, uh, preparedness of the game uh, right before the game. So I don't really, that doesn't really bother me that much, whether, nope. uh, I know just before or a week in advance. It's, uh, 
still got to prepare the same way before those games. <laughs> well, I know the scouts are always interested to, to know, okay, well, when's, when's Carter playing so I can make sure that I'm in attendance for that game? I've heard that from three or four scouts <laughs> this year. Guys have called me and asked me if I know who's starting for the Crusaders that night. Uh, so I get asked that question a lot. So by, for an example, I'm not expecting you to tell me it, that you are or you aren't playing tomorrow in Canmore and then the game on, on Saturday. Don't tell me who's starting, but you know already who's starting? Yeah, uh, the coaches uh, and I had a, a chat uh, yesterday after practice. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I am aware. All right, fair enough. That's that's as far as I was going to go with that. Uh, listen, Carter, I really appreciate your time. Before I let you go, I guess I should ask, just ask you the, the normal, you're from Edmonton, are you an Oiler fan, or did you, you grow up uh, cheering for somebody else? No, uh, my uh, dad and uh, his parents, they were all Oilers fans growing up, so uh, that uh, trickled down to me as well, so I was an Oilers fan I still am to this day right now uh, an Oilers fan and uh, a little bit disappointing uh, game last night and uh, <laughs> as you could say about their season right now. But uh, yeah, hometown uh, NHL hockey team, so uh, kind of obligated to cheer for them. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, now you're a big guy, 6'5". Have you always been like the biggest kid in your class? Uh, yeah, I was uh, never freakishly tall uh, back <laughs> in uh, elementary school. I was always at the top, but... It wasn't until about late junior high and then uh, in grade nine, that's when I really hit my growth spurts. And now you're freakishly tall? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> guys on my team have uh, pointed that out. <laughs> uh, so uh, when you look at the uh, Oiler goaltenders of the past, uh, I mean, a guy like David Dubnik, six six, six almost six seven, uh, somebody like that, is that the sort of picture we should have in our head uh, of the way you play? Or can you kind of uh, take things from other goaltenders? Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of goalies in NHL that uh, I like to model my game around. Yeah. There's uh, the calmness and the technicality of uh, Carey Price. And then you got guys with a lot of athleticism like Pekarine and Andre Vasilevsky. And uh, all those guys, there's a lot of part of their games that I admire about. And that's uh, those are the kind of goalies that you kind of want to model your game around. I don't see myself as one specific goalie in the NHL. I, nice. I like to round it out a little bit. Excellent. I like that answer. Well, Carter, listen, I really appreciate your time. I know you got to get to practice, and uh, uh, I wish you the best of luck. I guess you'll be getting on the bus here shortly as well. Uh, I appreciate yeah. your time. Good luck the rest of the way this year with the crew. All right. Thanks, Keith. Thank you very much. All right. There's Carter Guylander of the Sherwood Park Crusaders uh, and ranked very high. Well, 12th in North America among uh, goaltenders. That's usually about the range where uh, guys will get drafted. And there's been enough buzz about him, I think, as the year goes on into the playoffs. The Crusaders expected to do pretty well in the playoffs. They're a top two team in their division. Uh, we could see his uh, stock rise. If perhaps uh, if Sherwood Park went out early, maybe even see him playing for uh, Canada at the World U18. Who knows? That concludes the guests for this week. Uh, next week on the Pipeline Show, well, obviously we're going to have to uh, go out to Niagara and uh, try to get uh, some sort of information. If if everything, um, by then I would have to think there's a lot more uh, info uh, having to do with this big fine uh, levied to them by the Ontario Hockey League. We'll try to get somebody on from around the um, sporting community there, whether it's uh, somebody from the uh, Ice Dogs themselves or a play-by-play guy uh, that covers the team. Obviously, we'll continue on with the 2019 Draft Spotlight at least once, maybe twice. Looking at getting somebody from HockeyProspect.com on again. 
And, of course, we'll keep tabs on uh, everything happening in the Western Hockey League south of the border with the uh, campus report. Uh, So lots we'll get to next week. Until then, uh, I encourage you, if you haven't already, go check out patreon.com slash thepipelineshow. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon.com slash thepipelineshow. I appreciate everybody who has signed up already. Subscribing to The Pipeline Show forever will be free. That's never going to change. If you just want to listen to the show, it's it's going to be free to you uh, always. For those who uh, value uh, the content of the show, want to make sure the show continues on and want to chip in a little bit, you can do so through the Patreon program. And you get some bonuses for it, like early access. All the interviews you've been hearing today in this edition of the show have been available for the last three or four days, some of them. Usually I do an interview pretty much, you know, one on Monday or one on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe a couple on Tuesday. They go up pretty much uh, half an hour after the uh, interview is complete. Takes me a little time to edit it down, to get the sound right, add the the start and the finish to it and stuff like that. Um, So, but those are up and available to everybody who um, has signed up to be patron at patreon.com slash show. That said, between now and next to this time next week, get out and watch some junior or college hockey so that you and I can talk about it next week on the Pipeline Show. My name's Keith Flaming. See ya.